You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And we got a doozy of a cassette tape for you today in the form of Killer Bugs' Brutal Rainbow from 1995 on Taiwanese label Noise, which was also a zine. Uh, short-lived, you know, only a few years, I think 94 to 97-ish for their releases and activity, but left a, a wealth of great releases, and this one's beautiful. Yeah, and this zine is so cool, the noise zine. I mean, you can find translations um, in a few places online, and, and and wow. Really, really cool zine, and yeah, we hadn't done anything on noise, and it's also been a little bit since we've done an album, and the three of us together we wanted to just do a total noise release and killer bug just sounded perfect mm-hmm. for today. And it turns out it was perfect. So we're excited to talk about this great 1995 tape. But before we do that, let's do some recent listening. It's been a while since we've done recent wow. listening. So let's hear what the gang's been listening to. Great. What have you been listening to? Like, I should really write stuff down because I was doing a bunch of traveling. I was listening to a ton of stuff and I just, I can't remember now, like weeks later, but I do know what I've been listening to over the past week or so. And starting off with Atrax Morgue Disconnected. Game over, baby. Sin organization. Such a cool little weird A5 package thing here. It's from uh, 98. And just six killer Marco songs. Like, I love this one. It's it's so good. Yeah, Game Over, Baby, Try Me, Disconnected. Great songs. Love, love that one. We were listening yes. to that one a lot leading up to our A-Trax episode and has definitely been a heavy play this year yeah. for us. Favorite in this household. I got a package from Galactoro. One of my favorite labels. Any any listener of the podcast probably knows that. Oh, and we know. If I hear that name, I only great. picture your face with a big smile on it. <laughs> well, I got the new reissue of House of Raphna's You, which I didn't listen to, but uh, it's because I've heard it aplenty. And they released a new project, uh, Suna Mensch. And it's very Galactoro on the more sort of industrial agit pop style of thing they do it sounds a lot closer to contemporary house Arafna. but i also grabbed the trilogy des blutes knock blutung reissue cd and i've been listening to this constantly this is some of the best house Arafna. it's the first release it's first full-length release at least and it's so nasty and miserable and really sort of in that spk spirit of like kind of cheap rhythm sounds and a lot of noise percussion and then just like power electronics vocals and groaning grinding synthesizers and weird like nasty synth hits so it it really satisfies a uh, a certain need and i would recommend that to even if you don't like sort of the later era where they became a little bit more uh i don't know electro industrial kind of rhythmic and and almost danceable uh although i think their last full-length ash was fantastic and a much darker turn from where they'd been heading this one is is definitely a good starting point and then linecraft 
Bankrupt of Morals, new tape on hospital productions in the International Misanthropy series, mm-hmm. which these are cool. These custom cases, the, uh, yeah. the library style cases with the hospital logos embossed in them. They're, so they're wild. And there's interviews in all the tapes, at least the ones I've looked at so far. I have an interview with the project. So listen to this one, which is, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't, all I need to say is Linecraft. I, it doesn't. If he does something bad, I'll point it out. But otherwise, just assume that I love it because uh, that's yeah, how it's been with like the last 10 Minecraft releases I bought. And I also listened to the ASM Mission Hill 2001 cassette the other night. Uh, another great one. Actually, wasn't sure what to expect from that one. I, I'd never tracked down the uh, self-abuse release from way back when. So this is my first hearing of ASM. But nice stuff. I, it's Mark from Skin Crime along with Correct. someone else, right? Correct. And, and another dude from the UK. And that's also been in our recent listening and that the interview in that one is also going to come into play on this mm-hmm. episode. And then uh, also uh, Misanthropic Agenda released a new old unreleased Moth Dracula CD, which rules. Uh, you know, I toured with them in the mid 2000s and had a lot of fun and was really happy to see this get some more release. You know, they're around kind of a lot back then and then inactive for some years, but sort of recovered lost album and uh, really nice stuff. And then also the Merrill amp W seven E CD on misanthropic agenda, which is really nice mix of sort of, crude and homemade electronic sounds parts of it remind me of like oval like skipping cd stuff but noisier and meaner and kind of gross tones and interruptions and definitely digging that one it needs more listens but that's my first experience with merrill's material and i'm excited to check out more actually when i was in lausanne francisco marina was was raving about merrill stuff so i was happy to to get this cd and that does it for what I can remember. There's just always, oh, yeah, I mean, last night, I guess I listened to uh, Dust Belt, Melting Atlantis Resurrection. Ah, uh, such a great one. I love that. Yeah, I've been, I've been reading, I think I told you guys, but uh, a friend recommended this William Gay novel, Twilight, and I've been, I finished that last night while listening to Melting Atlantis Resurrection. And then I started reading a new book last night and was in the molest zone with breathing in dead flies. So nice stuff to listen to when you're reading some sort of weird Gothic horror, Southern misery kind of tale, which is what I'm currently in the the throes of. So yeah, molest. I, anyone who hasn't listened to our episode with Al should definitely go back and do it. Cause mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again. Cause this, this, Definitely put me in a zone. I'll be listening to some more molest later tonight while while getting my daily reading in. Well, if this were recent listening bingo, we would nearly have bingo. Yes, it is pretty wild because we have been in an insane molest zone this mm-hmm. week. It has actually been by far the most played thing yes. this entire week. Bunch molest. Nonstop. We were digging into all the history of molests. You can pick those up, either the old self abuse or I can't remember if it's self abuse or slipsism, but oh, you know, Pat put those that series out. Mm-hmm. But then they're all on Molest Bandcamp. So we've been going through those a lot. 
uh, as well as Deep Throat and Felching, the Stinky Horsefuck release, as well as his brand new CD. Well, I know he, he's got a lot of new stuff all the time, but as far yeah. as I know, it's the newest thing. Bitter Regret, parentheses, Back to the Iron Age, which and is such a great title. title. Yeah. Got it on, got it. Well, again, with Molest, he's such a title master. You can pick things up on title alone, and that one was one of those. Just mm-hmm. like, yes, we're in. So we've been listening to a lot, a lot of Molest and probably will do so after we record because it's just been in the zone. And then also the ASM, also the Linecraft. Yeah, absolutely. And then in addition to that, the Richard Ramirez that also came out on the International Misanthropy mm-hmm. set. It's on deck here. I just haven't haven't popped it on yet. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, they're, they all come with interviews and will all come with interviews and they're all very different. The, the Linecraft interview is just absolutely incredible. You know, that all the interviews have a different sort of atmosphere to them, which I think is going to be really great. Yeah, Very individualistic. And and it's great to have a tape and listen to your cassette and then read, you know, the interview. Yeah. It's it's just so classic. I love it. Perfect atmosphere. And actually, the Ramirez tape also is related in a way to what we're going to be talking about today. And we'll discuss that as it goes on. But then in addition to all of that, in addition to Molest, in addition to the International Misanthropy cassettes, we have been digging in. And every time they come out, we listen to them in order. The new Murder series, Seven Inches. So mm-hmm. now that now there's um, five out. So we've been... We lay them all out and then we listen to them in order front, sometimes f- front to back, sometimes back to front. So sometimes we start with the Lysuria, sometimes we end with the Lysuria. It's a very active process. And it's a great, it's a great return of the series because every seven inch is very distinct, very different, and has a very different take on the subject matter. And it's just really exciting to see it develop as it goes. And, you know, I know there's only a handful more left, so it'll be exciting to have the entire complete series. You can listen to everything all the way from Hayden Man's Orgasm to the most recent and then go from most recent all the way back to Hayden Man's Orgasm. And we were even so good this week and reorganized some seven inches and some records. Made we, sure that we tried. We did. We, we, there's you there know, needs to really be like a week of pure reorganization dedication here it would be it would do us wonders i don't know if that will ever happen i just think that they should figure out how to like open a like a spatial portal that you can put your records in and and then close it it, so you can just endlessly have them instead they don't outgrow your space oh that's a great idea wouldn't that be nice and then it also bag of holding yeah i like it yeah i like it yeah and then it also has like an organizing system in it that it does it the way you want for you no you You just put your hand in and it Uh pulls out the record that you need to listen to right now thing from adam's family goes in pulls it out and then we're good i mean can we just like put science like in that direction we don't need to go to mars we don't right. need to go to the outer solar system we anymore. We've done it. Our records Let's and CDs get a way and tapes to organize and our movies records. organized in books. It would be fantastic. But okay, wait. Until- so you've said a, a week, uh, about a week of doing it. I, that's. I mean, I don't know. I don't, that that <laughs> seems honestly, it probably doesn't seem like enough time. But all right. Well, you know, we'll give you a week and a half, and then and then you come over here. And then we'll okay, allot like perfect. two weeks of of over here time to kind of go through it. After that, I'm into it. I'm into it. 
you know that was something we used to we used to do uh, when we all lived in Michigan, right? Help each other like organize record collections. Yeah. It, was, it was more of an excuse yeah. to like hang out and paw through out. your friends' yeah. records, but <laughs> under the guise yeah. of like, oh man, I really got to organize my records. I mean, I love the I fact love doing that. that no I like matter- ripping them all out. I mean, I, yeah, and I love the fact that no matter what, we have all these crazy shelves and these crazy piles of stuff. And I know if I just reach my hand and grab something, it's going to be something awesome. We're just surrounded by rad stuff. It's just that it's really not an any. It'd be nice to order. be able to locate that yeah, rad yeah. stuff. I, I have. We we've had a, um, a, a some people over who are very much organizers, and they're like, "Dude, I couldn't <laughs> live the way like this is insane." I'm like. Look, I'm not I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying this is this is how it goes. Here yeah, sometimes. it's put away. It's just not, you know, in any particular order. Exactly. If Tara's zone in a box is an order, then it's, Mike's zone is. It, yeah, there's, yeah. there's it's, anyway, it's madness. Well, but you know what else is madness? Is madness, complete and utter madness. Killer bug, brutal rainbow. Such a fitting title. For this yeah. release and especially for the the title track the a-side mm-hmm. which is near 20 minutes of this like shearing frantic noise with like a little a little piss break or something in there too yeah right right at the beginning you know just, yeah maybe, maybe he forgot he hit record and forgot you know oh i need to take care of that and get back we to get the a blast and then we get some piss and and i was trying to think like is there a way that this isn't piss and i'm just a i'm just a creep and i automatically assume the sound of pouring liquid is piss you, you know, know what i'd prefer it to be piss Absolutely. you know what i mean then i'm the beholder and i choose uh piss for this absolutely brutal rainbow piss i mean it's it's harsh and it's all of the sounds this is really precise and varied harsh noise with a wide variety of styles like you've got i mean it cut up is the the style i guess but you've got junk noise you've got some weird like almost masana-esque vocalizations going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. there's some straight electronics there's some feedback work and there's just this sort of constant pace even when it settles into a zone the movement is really there and the back of the tape says all decomposed produced and mixed by Kazumoto Endo. So I leads to think that this is not some no overdubs. This is very meticulously put together. Yeah, but it has that activity that makes it feel live. The, the movement of it, you feel like it's happening. In, it's happening in that moment. Right. But yes, clearly this is something that's been worked on. And of course, the B-side is a live set. So we hear the difference. Now, this is 95. And, you know, Kazumoto Endo has stated that it was really 1990s Cloudcock OO Grand by Merzbau that sent him on his true noise path. And he said he had picked that up you know, around when it came out. Mm-hmm. So that's 1990. So it, he he wasn't immediately making Killer Bug. It it took a little bit, and he was working on other other sounds and other music before settling on Killer Bug. Well, he also said in an interview from Night Science that he sort of figured out what to use by going to noise shows and he was taking pictures of gear and then sort of trying yeah. to dissect what was being used. So uh, I think 
most of us who perform have had some instance of people peering over, snapping a shot of your gear at some point. <laughs> I don't see it as much these days, but I definitely remember it in the in the 2000s. Oh, I'm, and I'm sure for your stuff, for sure, because oh, yeah. people always wanted to know what you were using. And, and yeah, uh, a lot of the information for this episode came from the interview in Night Science, as well as Kenny Sanderson's interview with Kazumoto Endo in an issue of Freak Animal from 1998. So that'll be the, uh, a lot of our sources of information come from those But then two happily, interviews. we also located, on with the help of the Wayback Machine, uh, Kazumoto Endo's website from... The early 2000s, I couldn't hit there oh, and no, the 90s. Well, there was no snapshot of his original website from the early 90s, but definitely his his second incarnation is on there. So that was just such a pleasure. We should put a link up to that because you get to see photographs of all of his performances and descriptions of them. Well, yeah. And he, he lists all the shows and all the people he played with at every show, which is so great, including the B-side which is the first killer bug show. And there's a little picture from that in there, but you look at some of these shows and you know, you just get the, the drool just uh. starts coming out. You know, of course you got the New York show with bloody minded and mangled clit and Hydra. And then he did play a show with ASM that is mentioned in ASM's interview in the tape that was in a basement in Boston, along with skin crime. The cops did come to that show, mm -hmm. which we've stated before. We've had I've had cops come to multiple Boston shows. It's just a thing in it's Boston. Always in Boston. It's gonna wow. happen. You think of it as a loud city too. But then it also discusses Cosmo Nando's fondness for Seven Eleven hot dogs. So a great. <laughs> I don't want to give all the interview. We got to get the tape to really get that full. I mean, who doesn't interview. love a Seven Eleven hot dog? I would say you probably don't. I would I, never I don't. eat one. Look. I'm oh, not great. If you ate hot dogs, I bet you'd eat a I'm not gonna You probably say, had a taquito. I'm not going to say that I'm proud that I've had 7-Eleven hot dogs, but I have had 7-Eleven hot dogs. You know, okay? sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It happens. So, but I just, and, and then also in the interview, Mark states that, that Endo said that show is the, his favorite sound of the tour. So I love, I feel that mm -hmm. he has that basement show mentality. And, and, and seemingly because they had the police called for the volume. He must like it loud, Heck, which this yeah. would sound so sick loud. Yeah. Reading about all those shows, you know, maybe that first sample is not piss. Maybe it's my drool. Oh, it could be. It could just be my drool at like reading all of these shows that I wish I had been to. That's very possible. It's it's a great look at that time and especially that time in Killer Bugs. Life. But, you know, the this tape really especially the A-side. I mean, it. You, you, you had said something that even, even there's points where it settles into a zone. I almost didn't hear a zone settled at any point. It just feels like it's in constant motion. And just once you hear a thing, you are, okay, that's before you can even, your brain can even mm -hmm. say what it is. There's two things have happened since. But I thought it was so notable in that they, it's not, frantic the switching like sometimes when you think cut up you think just like you know blasting from one thing to the next this is kind of like an upper mid-paced cut up you know like it's a it's a steady quick but it's not that absolute you know wild running frantic all over the place bonkers it's not over the top it's measured and i and i think it's it's great in having that pace because it's so unique like you don't hear you know things of of that pacing that are so cut up that frequently. And I love it. It's, you know, it comes across as like so decisively violent. 
I do hear different sort of zones, you know, around the 10 minute mark. There's sort of the feedback right, right. section. 17 minutes is when we get the sort of voice and junk right. part that goes on for a few minutes. There's still cuts and edits and smashing everything together in there, but they feel like sort of distinct sections of it that focus on more on one thing than maybe what had come before. But I like that. And I think that that makes it an interesting thing of like, it's not this constant juxtaposition of sounds. You do get things that you can sort of ease into or get accustomed to before the rug is pulled out from under you again. And the mastering on this sounds really nice. Like the, well, I, I listened to, I have the cassette here, but I did listen to it off the beyond the Valley of the tapes, double CD that tronics and ninth circle music released uh, just out of sheer convenience and wanting to hear it like in its most pristine right. mm-hmm. version. And and it sounds just fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. super razor sharp highs, nice lows, the, the feeling of precision is one that came off very heavily to me. That's, that's a word I would use to describe this, but it doesn't feel like Tara said, it's measured, but it doesn't feel like overworked which right 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 and it also doesn't play into sort of what i think some of the trappings of cut up noise can be that you hear stereo loop where it's like something happens in one channel that happens in the other and then you know but not not the same thing but it's like left channel does some squiggle and then right channel is like a harsh blast and the left channel does a squiggle right right some of those sort of things that i think come from more computer editing days are not present on this which gives it a different feel as well yeah it feels very much like i mean again it's 95 so it has that that it's active but it doesn't have that like you said that computery element which which he will eventually go on to use and even says that you know he has no problem using computers and he will go on to that but here this is very much to me pedals you know it's this that's what's And even while we were listening, you know, we pulled up some live footage um, just to like watch him playing while we're listening. And I love the way he uses pedals because it's not it's not mixing through channels. He like actually is, you know, just bopping the pedals very, very frequently to give it that cut up feel. And I like I like the activity of it. Um, But then as we were listening to especially Brutal Rainbow, you know, Mike and I were just earlier when we were discussing what we wanted to talk about, we were like, God, just killer bug sounds so good. Just I want some, I want some noise because it, we have had this ridiculous cold that just will not end. Yeah. And I was like, this is what having a cold feels like, like listening to this is just like the anger, the frustration, the like, Oh, what now? What am I going to sneeze now? What am I going to, where's the mucus going to come from now? How am I going to feel? It's absolute violence. Uh, I was like, this is the soundtrack of the goddamn germs in my respiratory system. Uh, the, the, like the wheezing, all of that stuff. So it just really in the pocket of, uh, the misery that we have been experiencing. Oh, hundred percent. We wanted to just blast our heads and sinuses. Yeah. I wish and- that would work openings just open oh. we just wanted to tear everything apart so exactly why we wanted to pick this and you know we've talked about killer bug on seven inch format in various uh formations mm-hmm. of the three of us from one to all three of us and it's cool that in which and those are really short those seven inch yeah. tracks are really short they're like two minutes 
And so it's really cool to to Long sit down for a twenty bug. minute, a twenty minute bug, right? And yeah, it's there's this this crashing upon crashing, and this this you know crashing together and everything happening at once that you're strapped in for this rocket ride, a dragon rocket, you could even say. And it's once you. Once you're comfortable with what's happening and you're settling, like this is going to be happening for the next 20 minutes, you can really let your your synapses fire and fly when you're listening to this. That's so true, Mike. That's actually one of the problems I would have with discussing this in super detail is you sort of turn. I don't want to say turn your brain off because I'm still actively engaged with the sound, but it just takes over and I'm just mm-hmm. enjoying what's happening. And it's hard to be thinking not, not a lot of records have completely consumed. Like, you know, I'm still able to make a lot of notes and kind of, I know different sections and stuff. And I, I scratched down very few things on this because it just put my head in a space where all I wanted to hear was the totality of this noise. Absolutely. And you know, you were, you mentioned the vocal parts that really sort of come, especially near the end. And and it is sort of the ending of the side. And those vocal parts are crazy. And it's one of those things where I don't associate vocals with killer bug. You know, one of the the footage we watched was the pain factory footage Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, he's not doing any vocals in that, but, but it's such a big part of this. Yeah, and then other Cosmodo Endo footage, like all the live performances I saw, I never saw him doing vocals. So I wanted to, I was really curious as to if he was using a microphone, if he was using a contact mic, how those vocal sounds were being picked up. And and I never saw any footage of him using any device that would pick up vocals. You know, there's some great footage of him from sort of more recent shows like 2016 and stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you look at his gear, which... Of course, I'm going to do much like he hey, it's what, used yeah, to do. He's got some good gear these days. Well, you know, he builds his own gear. He makes right. yeah. force pedals and yeah. ring mods and distortions. So Cosmodo Endo is building gear. So you see his table and it's a bunch of nondescript silver boxes, which he, likely he made himself, which adds a special air to the noise that you don't get when what you've got is, you know, store-bought pedals of course we all hooked them up different we all do different things with them but sure 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 these are things that he built and whatever inconsistencies come with that are are present i definitely clocked a death metal pedal in one of his old oh there's definitely some some like classic noise gear there and some store-bought stuff but i would say at least half the setup is nondescript silver enclosures they're gorgeous so cool and you know, of course, the the cover for this, as well as the most of the Killer Bug tapes, Japanese bondage, Japanese porn. He talks about how he loved using porn because he said he read an interview where somebody said they are super against porn. So he said, "Well, I'm only going to use porn for Killer Bug," which you know he didn't. He and, he, and he even said he stopped using it once he went under his own name. But he also did state that he's while he stopped using it, he hates that when people are against the use of porn. So he still supported it. He just went on to start using other art. And I'm with him, man. Never got over the use of porn. Never got over serial killers. Never will. I don't think I ever will. Well, I like that he distinguished the difference between 
you know, like American and Japanese porn, because again, they don't, they don't show the they censor. They, they do. They censor the actual organ itself, but also discussing how they're, they're more artfully taken. And then the, the magazines have thicker pages and they're better photo quality, which I think is really cool. And now I want to like, see, see what this is all about. Like, is it the extra thick high gloss, you know, like art book style pornography and in, in Japanese mags, I must see. But yeah, I think it it totally fits the use of Killer Bug. And even when he did a release at, under the name Killer Bug later in the two, 2010s, mm-hmm. he did go back to using uh, porn images. So he's keeping consistent uh, as Killer Bug with the use of porn. But I, I love it. I still love it. I love this cover. I love all his covers. They're so great. Yeah. Yeah, the the tapes look really good. And this particular cassette, I mean, the silver paper, like actual metallic, like reflective, shiny silver, which is one of those things we also don't see too much anymore. Is this mm-hmm. like foil silver with this black printing on it as in an O card as a wrap around the outer case. And there's no actual insert on the J card and there's labels on silver paper, but it's more of a, a metallic like normal silvered paper you could still sort of find today the holes are cut out pristinely and a little bit larger than the uh the tape cog holes but Mm. that that must have been done at the label so that's some fancy stuff right there well cool label of course you know did the noise net comps we got to see a lot of those at eric hoffman's when we went earlier this year that was exciting and you know did did a molest tape you know did Macronympha, the Richard Ramirez tape, Witness Relocation, is a, a classic noise release. And the International Misanthropy release, Protective Custody, is a prequel to Witness Relocation. So I like that also connection here with these with the two new tapes. We got a great noise connection as well as killer bug connection in the two new in two of the new International Misanthropy tapes. My first encounter with this label would have been their 12th release, the Daniel Menchie Blood Sand cassette, uh, probably late 90s, early 2000s. And that one's also beautifully put together and and has uh, in some way a feel of a gross tape, like very definitely very much like the the texture paper, the, the way the labels look like that design and really also a great a great cassette. Yeah, and like we said, the zine's so cool. You know, we when we did our third organ episode with Jay of Circuit Wound, we were referencing the interview in Noise Magazine. Mm-hmm. But it's a really cool, you know, a lot of noise stuff, but also they'd interview White House, they'd yeah. interview Current 93. So it's it was so a, it was cool. a good range of underground that went into the magazine. And yeah, again, Taiwanese, you know, so very unique label. The B-side of this tape is a recording of Killer Bug's first live show. And what's so cool is we went back on his site to see who else was on this show. So along with Killer Bug on his very first show, Tara, who also played with him. So it was on November 6th in 1994 at Waseda University in Tokyo with Hijo Kaiden, CCCC, Pain Jerk, Building of Gel. What a first show to have oh my god absolutely i mean if you look at a lot of the shows though we look at shows from 1995 and you have like mersbau pain jerk zome shimfluk cccc condom 
Ugh. Crawl unit, stem box. Blister pack. Scott Arford played at seven hertz, of course. Yeah, this, this, that was his uh, West Coast tour that has the Pain Factory video. And of course, seven hertz, he says, was the loudest on the tour, which you would expect no less. AMK crawl unit Daniel Menchie in Portland. And I like the comment that he has in here. This place looked like a damn gymnasium. It was fun. Killer bug got a bottle of champagne to bring home. <laughs> Playing at a winery. Love it. So yeah, Bolio skin crime ASM, which we referenced earlier from the ASM tape. I mean, play with death squad. What a, what a killer run of shows in 1995. Yeah, and that's also when he played Mark's Basement in the with ASM with that we referenced. And yeah, he played the the Taipei Broken Life Festival along with Shimflux, CCCC, Condom. So just what an incredible run there. And and it kept going because he came back in ninety-seven to the States with Government Alpha. So a lot of people we've talked to, a lot of people we know, you know, saw a lot of these shows and just said, you know, how great they were and what a cool tour. And you know, this this recording of his first live show you know you can it has that caustic live quality and it has that energy but it doesn't it's not that fullness of the studio side right it it's feels not layered it's it's like he's not going through a multi-track he just has you know one layer and letting each sound kind of ring out in its own way well he's got a wah or some kind of filter on there i'm definitely definitely mm -hmm. hearing it and yeah there's a there's a big fidelity change between this and the first piece but it's still very energetic totally there's yeah. still this nice metal there's still these sort of groaning tones you hear in there but it's not the precise cut up it's more precise pedal work really it's more you know direct mm -hmm. uh, sort of what we Expect, or at least when I think of live noise from around the time I was seeing a lot of shows in, in the 2000s and, and late 90s, this this is definitely more that feel of that type of thing with just table full of pedals and controlling them. Definitely. And there, yeah, there's a bareness to it, but you can really hear, you can feel the sweat, you can feel the strain, and you can feel the the activity going on. Yeah. that I was like, that's how the scream. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I really did enjoy, again, I don't think of him as, as incorporating lots of vocals, but I really enjoyed the shape that they take in this live track. It's great. And it's, and it's not all over the place, um, but it does provide a great variety and it moves. It's, I think it's, and it's awesome. And for a first live show as killer bug and doing 21 minutes, like this, that's awesome. Totally. Yeah. And and I do love that live sound quality. There's just something about it, especially the 90s. You know, a lot of incapacitance recordings have this quality. It's just, there's something that, there's that airiness in that room that you feel, and you, you, you feel that it's probably played through, and there's an amp going, you know, not just a direct NPA. Maybe it is, but I always associate around this time, especially... You know, incapacitants would be using amps, CCCCC, CCCCC using amps. You know, I, I, so you hear that just 
strange quality that you don't get from the direct in. Oh, recording. you can see the amps on the photo of the performance. Hey, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. There it is. Um, I, can I see, see the is that a jazz course. I can yeah. see the Roland jazz course. Yeah, we got right a Marshall there. stack. Yep. So it is. Chorus. So it is. He's yeah, going exactly. through amps. You can see in the picture <laughs> on his website. So yes. On, hey, a, on one of those that. narrow like sideboard tables, not like one of the wide tables, yeah, the, not like a wrestling table that you would be thrown through. Yeah, but the Japanese tables that yeah. they get thrown through are like those narrow tables. They yeah, seem like true. they hurt way more. Uh, yeah. And they're like actual wood <laughs> on top. No, it's great. And then uh, my other favorite is the end of the set. It's like. You know, six people clapping. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. You, it's that classic noise, like yeah, like you know, <laughs> probably a lot of the band audiences, the yeah, the exactly. performers, you know. <laughs> but what? A, yeah, what it's a, just pain jerk, Hijikaiden, CCC. Oh yeah, no big deal. Gel. Just like you know, the, the pillars. Just you know? clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing. God, what a cool! I missed first a C show. there. I did it. I said CC. I went overboard C. and did like ten okay. a little bit ago, so I covered it for add, everybody. I'm gonna go back and add one C. There I was gonna yeah. fix Tara's in post, so oh, oh he was yeah, gonna copy a C mine. and then add Definitely it back not. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool. he's gonna cut them <laughs> out of mine just to make it me. Sad. Uh, Even if you I know do what? it, just right. save all the C's so you can add as you need. Uh, in the future, because I can't ever stop at the right part. <laughs> you know, we've discussed behind the scenes and something we do plan on doing is an episode on while you are out Cosmoto Endo's CD, because it is such an important CD in the world of cut up and mm. that there's it was a big watermark for a, a lot of people. But we thought it'd be really cool to start with Killer Bug because you want to start with the beginning, right? And so it's going to be really cool to see the progression from something like this to something like While You're Out, which wasn't that many years later. But he does develop a lot and it is, you know, takes a lot of different angles and different ideas going forward once he dropped his name, Killer Bug, which, you know, I'm... I get, you know, he states in interviews that, you know, you know, he felt that it was redundant to have a name for a solo project. I disagree. I think Killer Bug's a great name. Love I the name Killer Bug. Everyone who dropped their names, I get it. I've I've had releases under my own name as well. I looking back on everything, I still say the project name is so key in so many situations. And Killer Bug is just one of those it's because to me, Killer Bug is so trashy. It has this trashy. Yeah, for noise, I love a project name. It doesn't yeah. have to be. I mean, again, no. There's rules, plenty of whatever. plenty it's of just, incredible, like incredible noise releases under people's names, as you mentioned, Menchie. You know, yeah. there's plenty. There's so, so many. So it's not a. It's, it's not great. a. It's not a deal breaker. Yeah, but Killer Bug is such a great name. Agreed. Especially for what I he mean, does. I mean, K two's kind of it's like initials. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of his name, I guess. I don't know. You know what's so funny? I've actually, I'm sure we've actually pointed that out. And when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. It's kind of I his name, is, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I would say K2 actually, in a lot of ways, is something that this reminds me of a lot, mm -hmm. the, especially because there's metal on this and especially the cut up that K2 yeah. is doing around this time. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually. I listened to a completely non-relevant to this K2 record the other day that I didn't listen to my recent listening. I've mentioned it before that Demise Symphonica, which is All right. like one of my one of my favorites of his. But yeah, I, the the pacing is just different. They both have their own internal clocks mm -hmm. and, and K2 runs 
at a different speed. And yeah, he's definitely, you know, still going today. Now, does he play under Killer Bug or is it still mainly just under his name? He did some shows here in the U.S. in 2016 as Killer Bug, but I'm not sure if he's still doing them now. But, you know, six years ago, not that long ago, but right, right. Also kind of a long time ago. Right, exactly. Right. It's in, not a long time it, for us. Yeah, in some, some ways, people, I'm like, they might be a long no, time. That was like last year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, good Lord. <laughs> but yeah, what a great release. And of course, you know, also great titles. The Bloodlust Tape, 16 Different Flavors of Ass, one of my favorite noise tape titles. His titles are great. Oh, absolutely. No, Steaming no Gash, yet. which yeah. was possibly one of the other tapes we were considering doing. You know, and so it's it's a good discography because there's you can really, you know, handful of tapes. Again, a lot of the stuff is collected on the Beyond the Valley, the tapes released. Not every single thing, but but a good chunk, right? I think it's his favorites and most of the studio stuff where we're right. like there's only one sort of live track included. But it's a very nice collection of tracks and and definitely worth seeking out and you can definitely see you know why someone like sickness would release that mm-hmm. and why he was really psyched on killer bug you can definitely hear that yes. in that era of sickness as well oh yeah but yeah what a great one this is a really this is a really great tape to do like we'd said it's been a while since just the three of us we just wanted to do just some classic 90s noise this one felt we needed great it to, to heal, do. to we, move on. We were trying to blast the germs uh, from our brains. Uh, maybe just kind of get a little catharsis. Um, you blow off some steam from our frustration from being constantly disgusting. Absolutely. And as we mentioned, you know, if you haven't got to seek out that pain factory set, because his sets on there are so many great sets on yeah. there. It's, Love his it's easily it, you can view it e- easily on online, but you still got to grab because there's so much good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But I love I also love that he's wearing the killer bug shirt. Yes. When he's playing, which I think is such a, a, it's great a good move. style. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah, it's just, you know, you can just see just that table of pedals and then there's the pain factory style with style, the, yeah. with the uh, overlay of, you know, heart surgery type stuff. You know, I just, yeah. It. I never got. I, I've never gotten over it. I never will get Wait, over Mike, it. Wait, Mike, you're doing that right now. You're wearing a noise extra shirt. I am. You I kind am. of are like it's Killer true. Bug wrestling true. style. I'm wearing a noise extra shirt. Tara's wearing a government alpha shirt. Gray's looking good. Yeah, uh, Gray's right got now. a tank top on I, I for our pleasure. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm <laughs> yeah. into it. You, you know what? You're a man who can rock a tank top. That's for sure. Yeah. I like it a tank fits. top. It fits. I've considered giving it a shot. I, you know, I maybe, maybe tossed one on a couple times. Said hey, no. maybe to maybe 2023, it will be like, well, Mike, uh, if you wear leather pants, I think a tank top would go with it. I, you know what? Maybe 2023, maybe that's going to be the 2023 move. But well, guys, I, I'm, you know, we talked about this tape, but I'm, I still kind of want to talk more about killer bugs. Whoa. Well, you know Wait, what? Really? I think that's a great idea. And I think Tara is very excited to do that. You and know, I like when you say a dog and a word a dog likes and they get all excited. Like Gray just did that for me. He certainly did. What? And I think what <gasps> we're going to do now really? is we're going to hop over on the Patreon and Tara is going to tell us about actual killer bugs, bugs that kill the deadliest bugs out there. So, but is it their fault? Well, we're going to discuss that over on the Patreon. 
Killer Bug, Brutal Rainbow, Noise from Taiwan. What a great label. Killer Bug, what a great project. Brutal Rainbow, what a great tape. Go listen to Killer Bug. Go listen to any release on Noise. And in general, listen to Noise. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.